0: Those times of trouble, that might be something isn't going quite right at work, it might be you've lost a job for a reason uh, or another, or there were some bumps along the way, right, that you had to kind of overcome. It's really, really helpful to reflect back and say, why am I really doing this? Welcome to the Resilient Faith at Work podcast. I'm Ken Kennard at Vocus Center. And we're taking a short break from our Dilemmas series to insert a timely conversation that Chip Roper had with Greg Brenneman, one of our advisors. Greg gives us a four-part framework for thinking about work from a faith perspective. In this first conversation, Greg introduces truth number one, that our work is important to God. He outlines a biblical foundation for work and helps us see that the greatest fulfillment at work comes not from seeking fulfillment, but from something else. Let's
1: listen in.
2: Well, Greg, it is great to see you in person. Good to be here. You look better in 3D.
0: (laughs) I'm not sure about that, but... uh,
2: (laughs) I look bigger in 3D, so, you know, and shorter. It's a very kind of interesting combination, but it's, it's seriously, it is. It's great to see you. We've had done a lot of things over the pandemic, and it's nice to be in person and have this conversation about kind of God's, God's Truths About Work. And um, so this is going to be a four-part podcast series, uh, Four Truths About Work, Four Divine Truths About Work, or Four Truths From God. And uh, Greg, you originally did this as a graduation, I think, talk yep. at Asbury. At Asbury. And we're just going to kind of unpack each of these four over four episodes. And for those of you who don't know Greg, uh, he's had diverse roles. He's um, He started as CPA. I didn't know that, actually, until I read read this bu- this mm-hmm. this new bio I hadn't seen, but he uh, he worked with Mitt, Mitt Romney at Bain. He uh, led as Continental Airlines as a turnaround president, turnaround CEO, uh, was the chairman and CEO of Burbaker King and PWC. He's a lead director at Home Depot, yeah. and he is also the lead at CCMP Capital, a private equity firm, among many other things. Uh, so Greg, it's great to see you again. And, and what we're gonna talk about today is this idea that God has truths for our work and it maps to some things that we found in our research at VOCA. You know, every every year we ask people what's big in their work and they're saying, one of the themes that comes up is, I'm not sure about why my work matters or how my work has meaning. Um, I don't know how to contribute, connect my work to what God's doing in the world, things like that. And so we see it in the research. But like, like me, I'm sure you've had private conversations probably with some very successful business folks along the way who feel like their work is kind of second class compared to what the missionaries and pastors are doing. And so, you know, just as we get into this, why do we even need to talk about this? Why do we even need to think about
0: God's truths for work? Well, Chip, it's interesting. Uh, We talked a lot during the pandemic, uh, and I just wanted to thank you and VOCA for the research you were doing and have done during the pandemic and after the pandemic in terms of uh, just work and people and the experiences they've been feeling, uh, things have changed a lot yeah. you know, as, we, uh, as we went through the last three or four years. And uh, I think we explored the concept on one of those that uh, the job of leadership is to absorb fear and exude hope. Mm-hmm. And I yep. feel like VOCA has done a really good job of absorbing some fear during this time mm-hmm. and exuding some hope. So thank you, for, uh, thank you for doing that. And of course, everything you do is, is centered on work. So it's completely appropriate today that we really dive into what is the purpose of work from God's eyes and how can we get fulfillment in our work um, as we go along. Some of the research you've done and you've been kind enough to send me all the, uh, the short clips that you have put out in terms of different issues people are facing are really struggling with this whole idea of what is work and, and what does work mean to me? And how do I find meaning in work? And how do I find God in my work? And um, uh, that seems to be a pre- 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 prevalent theme among many, many, many uh, people across the spectrum. And I think it's a it's a topic that that we need to uh, dive into because God did ordain us to work.
2: Yeah, it's almost like and it's a, state, a phrase of Jesus. He said he looked out at the masses and they said mm. they're like sheep without a shepherd. Mm. And we, our take is that people are when it comes to their work, they're like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. And that's why conversations like this are so important. Well, let's just jump in. I think one of the first ideas that you want people to understand and that, that's matter, that it's kind of a basic foundational thing is the idea that our work is important to God. Yeah,
0: yeah I, in the four steps, that is step one that work is important to God. And these are the four truths that God has really revealed to us about work uh, from, uh, from his scripture. And if it's okay, I'd like to just take a minute and lay out kind of the biblical background.
2: Please for work, jump in.
0: and then uh, and then we can just talk about the kind of issues around why work is uh, so important to God. Uh, work was ordained uh, by God from the very beginning, and you can go to the Book of Genesis. Genesis two fifteen says, "The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it." So, really, in the very beginning of God creating the world, He ordained work yeah. uh, as part of that creation. The person to me who I've enjoyed reading the most uh, um, uh, about uh, work and what work means to God was Dorothy Sayers. Uh, I think many of you probably know who Dorothy uh, was. Uh, She was a very unique individual, born in Victorian England, 1893. She was a playwright and a theologian, one of the first women to graduate from uh, Oxford, And here's what Dorothy says about work. She says that work is not primarily a thing one does to live, but the thing one lives to do. It is, or should be, the full expression of a worker's facilities, the thing in which one finds spiritual, mental, bodily satisfaction, and the medium in which one offers himself to God. And I thought that was just a great way to express uh, what work is, it's really the medium in which we offer ourselves uh, to God. Can
2: you say more about that? I mean, yeah. it, it sounds like, first of all, your boss is not going to, yeah. they're not going to say, well, it's time to offer yourself to God. Like, that's just not going to yeah. happen. Uh, so how do you do that? Like, what yeah. does that, what's, that, what's that, when did you discover that, perhaps, in your career, and what did, what did that look like practically?
0: Well, I'll take you back to the very, very beginning of my career, when I was in third grade and had my first job. And it was actually watering trees for my great-uncle Lyle Yost, who was a mentor of mine. I'd ride my bike about five miles out into the country to his farm, and he had planted these trees along this combination landing strip driving range he had. He flew planes out of there as well. And um, uh, my job was to take a book along and a lawn chair and move this water hose from pine tree to pine tree, essentially, to... It was a windbreak he was essentially creating for this driving range across the Kansas plains. Oh. And I remember, I was thinking about this last night because I knew we were gonna have this conversation. I remember how fulfilling it felt to do that simple little task when I was about eight or nine years old. And then as time went on, we all have had these feelings somewhere in our lives, back in our lives where we were given a task, you know, whether it's in junior high or high school, and we had a job. At anything from bucking bales, I was in a rural area, to serving at a restaurant for some people maybe that were in the city. Uh, but just how fulfilling it was those first days when we really felt like we were making a contribution back. Hmm. So, you know, deep down in us somewhere is a desire to contribute to God's kingdom. And I think it starts as kind of uh, with that sort of basic level of uh, desire that God planted in us to work. Uh, the people I know that have the biggest struggles are the people that maybe are between jobs or one job ended that in an unsatisfactory way, and they're waiting for God to sort of give, give them, them the next, next opportunity next or the next assignment, and that's a very troubling time for many people, and I think the reason it's so troubling is just an aid in us that uh, work is, the, is a really a medium in which we serve God, and we were kind of made for that. And um, uh, I think if all of us kind of think back to those early days with our first jobs and what we took out of that and the, and just the um, excitement from getting the first paycheck of that. And I remember every time I got paid, you know, and this is really ingrained in my parents, it would be like 10% every time I'd go to church and, give, them, and, and, give, give. and give, that, give that back. So there's some of those beginning tenets of biblical... Foundation that God laid and put in us that are just innate in the in the work that we do, and in making a contribution back to the kingdom for Him. So, so
2: it's, it's interesting because there's a lot of layers in what you just said. Yeah. So there's there's a task, and you're yeah. assigned to yeah. do this task. You're doing this task. It's having an impact, and when we have an impact through our exerting our effort, yeah. that's that's fulfilling. Yeah, it's fulfilling. And then there's you know income and opportunity that's generated as a result of effectively yeah. working, and then. We give some of that away, and we do yeah. other things with it. So it's this whole sort of virtuous cycle that's created. And so it sounds like you're saying that that's the space, like that's the way God made the world, and when you enter into it.
0: Yeah, you, you, you have fulfillment in fireworks it. Fireworks yeah, start you, to go off. Yeah, f- exactly. And I think that's what Dorothy Sayers was uh, referring to when she says that's the, it's the medium. Work is the medium in which we offer ourselves to God. It's really a sacrifice of us back to god back to the kingdom back to his kingdom uh in terms of making a contribution if you think about it in the big picture you know we're only here for a short period of time right and um you know two generations after we're gone probably very few people remember that you're going going Ecclesiastes on us very early in this conversation so you're you're not you're not you're not you're not making that contribution right right you're not making that contribution for uh uh, you know, uh, anybody other really than what God has kind of created you to do. For you. and I think that's what Dorothy Sayers was kind of unpacking in her statement there. You know,
2: it is interesting that it would be the rare pastor or Christian leader who would say that our general work in the world is the medium in which we offer ourselves to God. Yeah,
0: no, that's what I find found uh, you know Dorothy uh, Sayers so uh, interesting and. Uh, Tim Keller and I talked about this a lot. You know, Tim just passed away a, yeah. a week or two ago, and I was a dear friend of all mm-hmm. of us, uh, many of us. Uh, and Huge, uh,
2: huge influence, you, and a huge influence on this conversation. On this
0: conversation. Uh, and those For those of you who are listening that haven't read For Every Good Endeavor, uh, Tim's book on work, Faith and Work, you should definitely read it. And in fact, Tim would tease me a lot of times, because I'd send some of these talks to him to— just get his thoughts, and they tease me that I stole everything from uh, from every good endeavor. And uh, I told him, but uh, he sold everything from C. S. Lewis, who stole it from someone who ultimately you can trace that back to what King Solomon, who said, "There's nothing new under the sun." Yeah, there so, you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so. <laughs> so it's probably, it was probably we're all, right. We're all we're all <laughs> we're all committed to recycling. We're all committed to that. But <laughs> but uh, but uh, but you know, it is a really interesting thing when you think about work that way, and it changes your perspective entirely.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and there's another scripture, I think, yeah. that's important to you on this.
0: Yeah, the Bible really unpacks this more in Colossians 3, 23 and 24, uh, when God tells us, essentially, it says, Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is Christ. And uh, I think that's a... It's a very biblical and uh, uh, straight from the Bible expression of what God meant work to be for us.
2: Were there, as you think back uh, over your, as you look in your career, were there moments where that truth was most helpful were most helpful? Like it just helped you keep moving forward, or it gave you focus, or even a a solid center to...
0: No, absolutely. So we all go through trials and tribulations in our career, right? Mm -hmm. Um, There's. I don't know of anyone who's been through a career that says, oh, yeah, that was all upward to the right with no zigzags, right? You know, it just doesn't work that way. And I think um, those times of trouble, that might be something isn't going quite right at work. It might be you've lost a job for a reason uh, or another or you know, in my case, maybe you try to turn around and it didn't go quite exactly like you wanted it to, or there were some bumps along the way, right, that you had to kind of overcome. It's really, really helpful to reflect back and say, why am I really doing this? Hmm. And to keep centered on the fact that work is what we do. It's not who we are. It's our expression to God, but it's not who we are. It's an activity. It's not our identity. It's not our identity. And I think, uh, it's been really helpful for me to stay grounded in the fact that work is an activity, and it is a way that I worship God, and it's very important to me. But it's not my identity. My identity is hmm. as a child, as a son of, uh, as a son of God.
2: Yeah, and I'm thinking of something you've talked about before. I'm thinking about the Tozer idea. Yeah of God doesn't have favorites, but God has intimates. Intimates, Does that tie into that identity piece for you, that thread? No,
0: no, for sure. So, um, you know, one of the other things Chip and I have talked about over time is uh, uh, A.W. Tozer is another favorite theologian Mm -hmm. of mine, and uh, he has a lot of great sayings. Important important read. Important read. All his stuff. It's very good. Yeah, knowledge of the holy, if any of you want to dive in. Uh, But but he has a uh, a saying in there that God does not have favorites, but he does have intimates. So you kind of ask the question then, what does it take to be an intimate of God's, right? And how do you unpack that? And what do you need to do? And what are the steps you need to take? Um, um, An important part of that step is actually committing your work to God. And uh, there are some other things you could do. Uh, As I sort of started meditating on that about 15 years ago, a little over 15 years ago now, I said one of the things I need to do is be in community with other Christian CEOs, and so I've had a small group of Christian CEO men that have now met for I guess 17 years, um, uh, every uh, probably 40 weeks a year. Right? We, see, mm-hmm. we say every week, but you know there's holidays and travel and right. all that. Yeah. But 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 we meet frequently, and um, uh, you know we've studied uh, we've studied um, Scripture. We memorize Scripture together. We usually listen to a sermon series. Most often it's been Keller or mm-hmm. read a book. Uh, it's been Tim's stuff uh a lot of the time uh and uh and we talk about it, but we just sh- and we share prayer requests we share life together so in my emails always is a list of prayer requests hmm. from the last time for these guys that always stay in my inbox that I look at every day and pray for them
2: and how much of that conversation with your fellow travelers is work related and how much of it's bigger in terms of either spiritual themes or family things or you know, how does it reinforce that idea uh, the, that your identity the, is not your job?
0: The, the interesting thing about doing this with Christian CEOs is they're all pretty action oriented, right? So mm-hmm. there's uh, we're, we're, we're probably guilty of the fact that if a guy has a problem or somebody has a problem, there's three guys with solutions, right? You yeah, know, he's let going to get, get quite a, a solution let, let, let mix. Get, so, so I'd say that um, it's completely anchored in this notion of... Uh, Everything we do is for the kingdom and is really as a service to God. Hmm. And then how do we reflect that back in our families, back in our marriages, and back in our work, right? So it, gets, it goes from that theoretical uh, to the very practical. Uh, quickly, I used to say, uh, or I, I, I often say, actually, Tim Keller is the only person I knew who could go from philosophy to theology to strategy to execution seamlessly, and uh, so I'd say in my group, uh, we try and do that as best we can. You guys can. are going up and down that <laughs> We're going ladder. Going up and down that ladder. That's pretty really pretty good. Yeah. That's
2: really good. Sure. Um, so part of the part of the what how you've embedded this idea that my work matters to God, but my work is not my identity, mm-hmm. is through this community. Yeah. And so that's that's an important discipline, uh, which I think we'll come back to uh, when we talk a little bit about work always being in a way game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. As you think about this idea that our work is important to God, how do you see that kind of under assault, you know, mm-hmm. and ha- how is it, what's, what, are the, what are the headwinds that that, mm-hmm. even just that concept is facing right these days, what, what do you see well, from your well, desk?
0: Well, I'd say uh, generally, you know, before you even go into this time, this time period, generally it's under assault uh, constantly by this notion of, is what I'm doing fulfilling? Hmm. Is that task that I'm doing uh, important? Is it going to make a difference? I- am I really making a difference in the world? And those are the, those are the thoughts that go through your head you know, constantly. And, and uh, particularly, um, um, I think, in more recent generations, in my generation, when we came out, we were just expected to go to work. Basically, you know, I was taught, I was raised in a small Mennonite community. Hard I was t- taught. Hard yeah, work was, I was taught part you know, of the DNA. You, you work hard and you treat people with dignity and respect. You know, hmm. basically the golden rule. And, uh, and, and it was kind of part of the, you know, how, how I was raised. Uh, today, I think, um, and uh, it's probably my generation, you know, we've raised our kids to be a little bit more, you know, is this a, is what I'm doing important? Am I excited about it? I, you know, is it thrilling to me? It's all the fault of and, you boomers. That's it, right. It's probably uh, it's probably it's probably it's probably our fault. Right. Uh, you know, some of that. Uh, uh, but the, the reality is, uh, for most of the time that, you know, man has been on, uh, you know, created and then been on this planet, work hasn't been that hasn't been the question is this been is it fulfilling? massively fulfilling or is it been and if you kind of roll back time it's really only in the last maybe 50 years that people have even re- have contemplated that question hmm. before it was at the very beginning it was just survival right and then it you know with the industrial revolution and stuff people started specializing and finding a little bit more their calling what you call their calling um, and it was more
2: Democratic in the sense that you had the option to yeah. choose; you to didn't choose. have to do just what your parents did, yeah. Yeah. which is the way it always was before yeah. that. Before
0: that, it was always that way, and and uh, and then and then more recently, it's uh, you know kind of Im, you know what kind of impact am I making? Or and and quite frankly, there's a big piece of work, whatever your job is, even if you're CEO, which I've been you know several times, or you're chairman of the board, which I am today on several you know for three organizations. Um, there's parts of that job that are just not that much fun, right? So if you base everything on, is this massively fulfilling to me mm-hmm. personally, I think you're missing the point. Uh, the question is, how are you serving God in that? And how are you using that as a platform to, to serve him? And, uh, and uh, you know how are you treating those interactions with other people? What, there could be a risk that, that
2: if you're that? always chasing that shiny yeah. shiny object of fulfillment, that you actually never stay long enough in one place to develop the skills and the reputation to actually have the kind of impact that would be fulfilling. That right? would
0: be fulfilling or, or to fulfill what God has kind of given you, you know, mm. you to do in, in your in your life. And and uh, and and I think it is important to embrace the mundane as as part of that. And and uh, mm. so we can certainly talk about that some more as we go through this four part series and I'm not saying everything in your job should be mundane or it's not, you know, and that's not what I'm saying at all, but I am saying that pieces of it always will be.
2: Always, no matter what you do. No
0: matter what you do. So if you're asking that question continually of, is this the the next most fulfilling thing to me, um, boy, you're going to have a disappointed life, I think.
2: Now, that's a really really important thread. Uh, I think there's a Harvard study that found that if you use your greatest strengths... 20% 20% of the time in your job, you'll be fulfilled. And then after that, there's actually no incremental improvement in fulfillment.
0: Interesting, yeah, I've not seen that, so that. I'm not surprised. that means that
2: yeah. well, 80% of it could be kind of grind-like. Yeah. Um, how do you measure that, I don't know, but I'm just saying it's the, it's kind of leads some credence to what you're saying. Um, well, I, I don't know, I, want to, I actually want to double-click on that for a second. That's where the Colossians verse is important. Yeah. Because it doesn't say, you know, you offer your most fulfilling work to yeah. God, it's you offer all of it to God, yeah. and he receives it. So it has value even if it's not fulfilling to you.
0: No, and in fact, so you think of some of the people we respect the most, right? The missionaries, the the people that uh, are, uh, are, are sacrificing, or, you know, even if you, you know, go to another country and you just see somebody doing a very simple task, maybe they're preparing a meal for you, or they're you know, they're cleaning, you know, your hotel room or, uh, nobody I think is going to say, is that massively fulfilling in and of itself? It, it probably isn't, but those are some of the most servant hearted and happy people you'll ever meet. It is interesting so, though, when you get yeah. to talk
2: to them, Yeah. some of them, sometimes yeah. it really, they really do find it fulfilling. They like do. some of the best yeah. servers at restaurants, that customer interaction, interaction yeah. No, like, absolutely. It really gives them a lot of joy.
0: Yeah, I can. Uh, you know, we we do a lot of uh, you know work in Honduras with mm-hmm. World Vision, yeah, yeah. and so we're down there quite a bit. And uh, it's always humbling to me to see. Uh, we'll go, you know, to a place that we've been able to uh, drive some water, you know, to and do communal farming and stuff. And uh, the folks down there are always so quick to want to give you of the little that they have. Mm-hmm. I remember this one lady walking up with this whole, you know, basically bushel of uh, oranges, right? That she had picked off her orange tree that she was able to harvest because of the water that was kind of there, and uh, just the gratitude in her eyes and the and the joy. I bet she was smiling. To, oh wow! I mean, just being able to make that yeah. g- that gift and how happy and fulfilled she was, and what what any of us would probably look at and say it's a very simple life. Hmm. Right, um, with not a lot of, you know, extra uh, money floating around right. or, or no, anything no like margin. that. No margin for really error. And uh, hmm. and yet, incredible fulfillment. Just roll that back, you know, 100 years or 200 years. That's basically most of the world was in that state. It's only recently we've really started, I think, exploring these. Uh, well, it's processes. almost like if we could get over
2: yeah. being fixated on fulfillment, yeah. we would actually would. Would be fulfilled. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, yeah. I think that's right. If you actually give it back to God, in the way Dorothy Sayers talks about it being a medium, the medium work being the medium in which we worship God, um, I think you find fulfillment much faster.
2: I think that's really true. So let's let's think about different different people at different stages in their careers, and kind of a direct message to them about why their work is important to God. We'll just go chronologically and think about. The person that's just starting out, and they're not even sure what to do, and they're kind of wound around the axle. Like, all my friends are posting that they've got these amazing jobs, yeah. and I don't know what to do, and I'm not. I don't. I don't even know where to start. Does my what's? How's my work matter to God? What yeah. do you say to that younger
0: person? Well, it, it's interesting because uh, what I'll usually say is get off social media. Uh, <laughs> you know, because I think people, you get to work. Yeah, yeah get to work. Yeah, <laughs> people are posting. Uh, on social media, often their best moments, right? I mean, yeah. no, nobody's posting their it's worst moments. made for moments, TV, so, so it's it's kind of a uh, it's kind of an edited version of reality. Um, uh, you know, I think we all know that. Um, uh, but you know, I think when you're starting out, the thing if you just keep in mind that this work is for God, and that. Even a higher percent of the work you do is probably going to be in the mundane category as you're learning, mm-hmm. and just say, you know, what does God have to teach me in this? Who around me can I learn from, and can I can I observe? We've all observed godly men and women in the workplace uh, that are, you know, doing good work, and so as you're kind of starting that first job, look for those opportunities to make a contribution, even make a differential contribution, but part of that might just be doing your assigned job that the company needs you to do with joy.
2: And doing it really and well. And doing
0: it really well, yeah. And uh, and uh, even though it might be a bit mundane to you, um, I mean, part of what the business schools and the, even the undergraduate institutions kind of convince everybody of is that they're gonna go run the world the day after they graduate. <laughs> Guess what? That doesn't happen. You're not. Uh, you're not. So, uh, so you have to start somewhere and ask the question, what can you learn? And I'd also encourage you, if you're starting out, COVID really interrupted the cycle with all this work-from-home stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think early in your career, maybe if you're in IT or something that can be remote, there are areas that can be remote. Right. But for the most part, most of over most of history, including today, uh, work is an apprenticeship kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, kind of situation. So you learn from others and you learn from others that have walked ahead of you. And we've all done that for millennia, right? COVID did not change that. It did not make, it. it create, there are some tools that were created that made it easier to work from home, but we need social interaction. I mean, the fact that you and I can do this face-to-face instead of off a Zoom call is so much better. So right? much better. And yeah. uh, it doesn't mean that Zoom calls don't have value because they, they you know, can be great in interim times. But um, make sure you go to work mm-hmm. and uh, that you learn from others and that you, you find other mentors in your work that can apprentice you through the skills that you're trying not only to do today, but the skills that you'd like to be able to do in the future.
2: I think that's great. I think those are good good getting started types yeah. of things. Yeah. Level set your expectations. Some of it's yeah. not going to be great. It's more about who you get to learn from and what you get to learn improving mm-hmm. that you can add value. Uh, how about the person who's, let's say, late, late? I'm using age and it may be different, but like late 30s, mid to late 30s, they've got a family, they're struggling with, um, you know, do I really hit the, keep hitting the gas with my career? Do I throttle back with family response? How do I balance? They're thinking, of, they're having balance challenges. Mm-hmm. How does this idea that their work matters to God, no matter what it is, help them?
0: Yeah, I think in uh, there's a concept actually, kind of in that situation, I, I like to talk about called work life integration, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's really important in that stage of your career because you're at that sort of spot where you're making a lot of trade offs. Yeah, uh, you know, in terms of you know what, what is uh, what is work going to be, and I think you actually, if you're married and you have kids, you have to do this with your spouse. Because different, it's a team sport. It's a team sport because different marriages require different kinds of sacrifices, and uh, you might be in a marriage if you're the primary breadwinner and your spouse is at home with the kids, and you've decided together you have a plan for raising those kids. You may have more degrees of freedom hmm. uh, to career-wise to you know think about that. If on the other hand, if you're both working, and you have kids at home, you need to kind of b- bake that into the equation. But I'd encourage you not to think about work-life balance. Because if you think about work-life balance, every time you're at work, this is truth from me, right? Every time I was at work, I'd think, well, am I cheating my kids at home? Right. And every time I was at home, I'd be thinking about work, right? So, <laughs> I mean, it's like an impossible... Juggling act, it's, yeah, and it yeah. also separates work for like yeah. it's in a separate category a, from our lives, yeah. which is just not not true, it's right? Not true, it's part it's, of our it, lives. It's a medium in which we, you know, offer ourselves, ourselves to God, God yeah. right? And, yeah. and so, uh, so my encouragement there is to think about the intersections that you have in where you know your work can actually be used uh, for the kingdom. I'll give you kind of an example from myself. So. Mm-hmm. For I don't know 15 years, we sent out books to all the people, CEOs, board members. I knew that's the kind of folks I know, and um, uh, we sent out about 600 books a year, and they're secular books, but they'd have some faith message in there, uh, deeper faith message. And uh, I think half, about half of them got read. Eventually, we could track it electronically, so we knew, but you know, it was a guess at the time. And but of about so maybe 300, and about that, you know, half of that, about 150. Uh, I'd get calls and emails uh, that would say, Hey, can we sit and talk for a while? Right? You know, maybe they have a problem in their marriage or a problem at work or a problem with one of their kids or, you know, uh, just something that they wanted to explain. And that book was kind of an opening to say, Hey, we could have a conversation on a deeper level, right? Mm -hmm. On a level about faith or about family. And um, uh, I would do about 150 of those conversations a year, still do a ton of them. and uh i just planned my travels you know wherever i was traveling i'd look up and say okay who's here that i need to i need to spend right. a little bit so it's bit not of time directly with. work so it's it wasn't family. directly work it wasn't directly family but it was kind generated of a way of in some kind ways of, from both from both kind of integrating right yeah. the whole thing and you can think about that if you're in your late 30s early 40s you're probably supervising some folks right you're reporting to other folks you know you're somewhere in the middle there generally mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't want to stereotype it, but that's kind of probably. So, how can you be a mentor and a guide and care about those people who you're shepherding? And at the same time, how can you continue to learn and be mentored by those who you like to emulate, right? So, that's how I would sort of think about that stage of my career. And then, how can I integrate? You know, maybe there's another family I'm working, another person I'm working with that has Hmm. a family, invite them over to dinner, right? Break that veil. Break that veil, yeah. There's lots of things you can do to sort of develop fellowship uh, in a different way and develop relationships on a different level.
2: And if our work matters to God, then whether I am the person who's able to hit the gas and go full speed or I have to throttle back and balance with my spouse, it doesn't matter because my work matters to God. If I have those opportunities to invest in people socially yeah. beyond it, that's yeah. that's just that's part of the yeah. what my work is creating.
0: And remember, one of the things if we if we have spouses and kids, we've been given assignment there too, right? Yeah, so that's right. Uh, thro- and I, it's I, of equal, at least it, equal it, importance it, to it, our it, work, it, if it, not it, more. At least equal importance, and it may be our work assignment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It may very well be our work assignment. So. In so Colossians.
2: Three applies to that just as much as it does to uh, being a CEO. A
0: hundred percent. Yeah, it's not. We always think about work as okay. We're leaving home and we're going into a workplace, and you know that's our environment. But uh, but our work may very well be in our in our home.
2: It's great. Well, in this first episode, we just wanted to talk about this idea that our work is important to God, mm-hmm. and it's a leveler, and it anchors us in our spiritual identity, mm-hmm. and it carries us through the ups and downs and the mundane parts of our work. So Greg, thanks for these thoughts, and we'll be back in our next episode to talk about how work is a God-given
1: platform. Thanks for listening. As we close this episode, I'm going to use the H word, help. First, help us help you. Do you want to grow in your effectiveness as a worker and a leader? Are you wondering if you're in the right job or career? Maybe you lead a team and wonder how to make that better. Go to vocacenter.org consult for an easy scheduling link and book your appointment with one of our great coaches today. We are ready to help you. Second, help us help others. This podcast is brought to you by generous donors who change lives by changing work through their investment in VOCA. If you like this content and want to partner with us to reach more workers, donate to VOCA. Go to vocacenter.org give and begin your partnership today. We'll see you next time on the VOCA podcast, where we help you build resilient faith at work.